Hello and welcome to the Victory Bell, the podcast. I am your host, Paul Oren, the founder and editor of thevictorybell.com, a website and newsletter dedicated to Valparaiso University Athletics. You can find me on social media, first off on the artist formerly known as Twitter, uh, at TVB Oren on x.com or Twitter or whatever we want to call it. You can also find the Victory Bell on Instagram at the Victory Bell. It makes sense. Excited to be here. Thank you for listening. We've got a big, big episode today. We're going to talk about the beginning of the 2023-24 athletic season. We're a couple weeks into that so far. We've also got a couple of guests on the podcast I'm very excited about. First of all, uh, Matt Gordon, Valparaiso University men's basketball assistant coach, is going to be on to talk about the non-conference schedule. This is something, if you remember, that I've done many times in the last several years with Luke Gore. And uh, Luke has moved on, and uh, with his blessing, I reached out to Matt Gordon and said, hey, Matt, would you like to do this? And he is the schedule maker, and so we had a good sit-down conversation about that. I also have a good one here, a good interview with Anthony Sharoni, a former football player at Valpo who moved on to be a practice player on the women's basketball team and then moved on to be kind of a volunteer over the summer with the men's basketball team and earned himself a spot as a walk-on for his final year of eligibility. So Anthony Sharoni is going to join the podcast a little bit later on to talk about his journey and what that means, and, and again, through football and basketball and all of that. Full disclosure, I interviewed Anthony in the middle of August, and today is September 8th. You'll get this on September 9th or whenever you listen to it. Um, the podcast, I haven't done one of these since late May. It has just been, it's taken a backseat a little bit during the summer. And, uh, you know, now we're here. We've got football, volleyball, women's soccer, which are rolling right now, women's tennis, cross country. Golf is getting underway this weekend. We've got a lot of sports going on here at Valpo, and there's a lot to do. Before we go any further, though, I, I've got I've got one thing that I got to say about the site, and then something else I want to talk about. When I launched this site in February of 2022, I didn't really know what to expect. Right? I I, I thought there would be a market for this. I knew that I no longer wanted to be a part of what the Northwest Indiana Times is doing. And all respect to the people, the hardworking people that are there. Um, but it just it wasn't for me anymore. I wanted to do something a little bit different. I wanted to focus on telling the stories of the Valparaiso University student athletes, the coaches, the community, the historical pieces, the game stories, the feature stories, all of it. I wanted to dive in. I wanted to do it all. And I had no idea how it would work. I didn't know what the market would be. I just wasn't sure. And so when I set out to, to figure out what to charge people for this, I mean, it was trial and error. At the beginning, I was, I was charging for the feature stories and the game coverage was going to be free. Well, then people were saying things to me like, well, Paul, the, the only thing I really want to read about are the games. So, you know, thanks for having it for free. I can, and I was like, all right, well, I got to charge for the games too. I got I to gotta charge for it all. Every once in a while, you know, I'll put a free story out there. This podcast is free, but, but I got I to gotta charge for it. Um, I didn't know what to charge at the beginning, and so I charged $5 a month because that was the bare minimum that Substack would allow me to charge. And so I thought, all right, well, that, that sounds good, and, and do that, and $49.99 a year. And then so if you were a yearly subscriber, you would save you know, 16%, um, which is a number that we like at Valparaiso University, right? Sweet 16. And so that's what I did. And uh, so I've been doing this for about a year and a half now and crunching numbers and looking at what I made at the times and what I need to make to continue to do this. And I just need a little bit more and not a ton more. I need a little bit more, right? And so uh, effective September 15th, there will be a price change at the Victory Bell. We're going to go from $5 a month to $5.99 a month. And we're going to go from $49.99 a year to $59.99 a year. Uh, I thought long and hard about doing this. I didn't necessarily want to do it, but I have to do it. I just need a little bit more. I just need to get over the hump a little bit to make this uh, viable for what I want to do. You know, there was some moments earlier this summer where I thought, all right, do I do I go back to the times to try to make up some of this income and, and things like that? And uh, and And honestly... You know, I this I I want to do this. I want to put all of my effort and energy into this. So uh, it's just a little little change. Um, if you are a, a monthly subscriber, this is going to go. This is basically going to account to about eleven dollars more a month. 
And if you are a yearly subscriber, it'll be $10 more a month. And so uh, we're going to make that change effective September 15th. I'll send out an email about it because not everyone listens to the podcast, but um, uh, that's going to happen in about a week. That'll, that'll, that'll occur. I appreciate your continued support. It means a lot. I hate doing it, but uh, this price will be uh, definitely in effect for the entire 23-24 season and probably beyond, right? I, I think this will be enough to get me to where I need to get to. So uh, we're still growing the site each year. It's We're seeing growth. It's good. The, you know, is it the amount of subscribers, paid subscribers that I would have liked? Um, not necessarily, but uh, we're getting there. We're, we're working, we're getting there. So what I can ask from you is to continue to spread the word to people you know that you think are Valpo fans and all of that. Uh, it means the world to me. We're just just need a little bit more. And so we're going to do that. So, uh, all right. We've got these interviews that are coming up in a little bit, but but before we get into that, I do want to say uh, we lost uh, an icon at Valparaiso University late last month, August 28th. Uh, Coach Cook passed away, William Cook, 93 years old. Um, man, what a legend at Valpo, right? Coached forever, 30-some-odd years coaching football, doing a little bit of everything, right? Um uh, he came into my life or I came into his life, however you want to look at it, uh, late in his Valpo journey. I didn't know him as a coach. I knew him as, I knew him as a guy with a really nice sweater who would walk around the arc, uh, and sit in the front row and, and have a nice hat on and, uh, and yell at the refs every once in a while, or come into Luke Gore's office and just sit with, with us for, for hours, just talking, you know, whatever, you know, whether it was talking shop, whether it was talking life, uh, that's how I got to know coach. And, uh, and I got to know coach through sitting at uh, a lot of VU football, a lot of tough VU football over the years. There's a certain bond that you get with that. John Mutka is another guy who uh, we sat through a lot of tough, lean VU football games. And, and what I appreciated about Coach Cook was the guy was passionate about football, and he probably was frustrated at the product he saw on the field from time to time. And he would mumble to himself, but he was very, very – clear to that he wasn't going to criticize anybody. I, I just thought that was a stand-up thing for him to do. Um, I had an honor, a privilege, uh, however you want to word it, it was, it was special. Um, about a week ago, the, the night that the Valpo football team opened their season at Youngstown State, I had gone back and forth as to was I going to go to Youngstown or was I going to stay in town and cover the Valpo women's soccer game against Chicago State, which which that was amazing. Addie Joyner with a hat trick and and that was fantastic. Um, but something had kind of told me stay back, and I didn't know why. I'd made a decision earlier in the week. I wasn't going to go to Youngstown. That's a long drive, and, and just the way that my schedule is with, with teaching, I, I just I wasn't going to be able to get there uh, without rearranging some of that stuff, and that was going to be hard. And then the night before that game, uh, uh, Coach Cook's son, Keith, reached out to me and because I'd reached out to Keith and said, I would love to talk to you about your father for a story that I want to put together at the victory bell. I was going to try to do a little obituary ahead of his funeral, which was last Friday. And, um, and he said, well, why don't you come by the house? And so, so Keith invited me to the house. It was Keith. It was, uh, it was a sister, Kimberly, and it was their mom. It was coach cook's wife, LaDonna. And the three of them, we sat for an hour uh, and, and just sharing stories. And, and I got to learn a little bit more about Coach Cook, and I got to learn a little bit more about them and their family and all of that. And quite frankly, and, and I almost feel terrible in saying this, I haven't gotten a chance to get around to put all that together yet. I went to the funeral the next day, and um, I've been kind of under the weather the last couple of days, so I just have not had the chance to kind of put all this together. So I'm going to have a column that will come out next week, which will kind of talk about this and share some of these details a little bit. I was going back and forth as to how I wanted to uh, commemorate Coach Cook. Was I going to try to reach out to a bunch of players that played for him, or or talk to Bill Steinbrecher? And 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 I just thought, you know what, let's go let's go right to the family, Ladonna and Keith and Kim. And and I was so grateful that they invited me into their home. And so I will share that with you next week at thevictorybell.com. Um, Again, we're into the fall sports seasons. I, I, again, just with all the timing, we've done a ton of different content here at the Victory Bell over the last month. Uh, some season preview stuff for volleyball. 
uh, looking at Elise Swistek and looking at Bella Rovato and looking at their journeys and, and being back as outside hitters on the team. And we did some stuff with, with soccer, and they've been so fun to watch. I traveled to Purdue and watched them play. Had a couple of matches at Brown Field already. Can't wait for their big match at home on September 28th against Missouri State. That'll be number one versus number two in the conference. That should be exciting. And then football, did a ton of football content, right? Looking forward to tomorrow. Oh, I'm, you'll get this on Saturday. So later on today, going to Indiana Wesleyan. Valpo against Indiana Wesleyan should be great. The first two games in the series, they played two years ago in Marion. Indiana Wesleyan won 28-10 in a game that Valpo really feels like they let go. And then last year, Valpo wins 20-17 to on a Brian Bartholomew deep field goal. To, to win the game. What a what an exciting game that was. And uh, and so this one here, Indiana Wesleyan NAIA National Championship contenders year in and year out. They've been fantastic. They got a new coach this year, but this is going to be an excellent game. And I'm really looking forward to that. I, I love I love these games. I think it's so much fun to do that. So we've got a ton of content that's going on at the Victory Bell. Uh, it's just going to cost you a little bit more. To, to get this content, but I think you'll appreciate it. And the podcast, as always, is free, and you can find the podcast all over the place. So uh, that being said, thank you for the support. Thank you for listening. Thank you for all you've done to help make this site a reality. We're, we're just, just continuing to get it going a little bit. So that said, I'm going to turn it over. Right now, we're going to start with Anthony Sharoni. Again, I, I recorded this one like a month ago, and so uh, keep that in mind when I ask him about football. We might talk about Youngstown State a little bit. And then uh, after that, Matt Gordon, really excellent interview, talking about breaking down the schedule. So thank you so much. I'll see you down the line. Thrilled to have a uh, very special guest, first-time guest to the Victory Bell, the podcast. It kind of has worn many hats throughout his collegiate career. He's got another one that he's going to put on uh, from Columbus, Ohio, Anthony Sharoni. Anthony, thank you very much for joining. Thanks for having me. Yeah. The AT, Appreciate is that it. what people call you as yeah, well? Yeah, that's the nickname. So came from third grade. My buddy just kind of made it up. My middle name is Michael. So I guess just the A and the T and Anthony. <laughs> I have uh, four middle names and Michael is one of them as well. So that's good. Nice. That's good. All nice. right. Um, big announcement came down uh, earlier this week. Um, you are joining the Valparaiso men's basketball program as a walk-on. You also played football here for several years, and you were a practice player on the women's basketball team. So that makes you, in a way, a three-sport athlete here. But really, I, I mean, football and basketball, I can't remember, and I'm sure that if I if I get this wrong, fans are going to email me and let me know, but I can't remember a time that we've had a football player joined the basketball team here at Valpo. I've been around for 20 some odd years. I can tell you when I was a student uh, broadcaster, the the pickup games between the football players in the off season were the most intense I'd ever played in. I had a, uh, a fullback on the football team. Brett Durham was his name. Uh, he, he set a screen on me that my collarbone is still uh, a little wonky over. Uh, football players can play basketball, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. They're real physical. So what did you participate in any kind of uh, open gym games with your football teammates when you were here? Yeah. So pretty much whenever it was the off season, um, we would, I would grab a ball whenever I could get the guys to go, we'd go, we'd go a decent amount. And then always when uh, the recruits came in the spring, uh, coach Fox would have us in Hilltop or up in gym two. And we do uh, coaches would get a team together and we'd, get a team with some of the recruits and we'd always go coaches versus players. And that was always real competitive and real fun. I have seen Landon Fox out on the court. Um, I rate his game really quick. Basketball. He can, wise. He can shoot it. He can he shoot can? it. Now um, earlier in the year, he'll, he'll miss him. But later on, as we play more and more, he'll make more and more, but you get him the ball in the three and he's letting it fly. That's what I respect that about him. So. Next one's going in mentality. I, I want to work in reverse a little bit with your career. I want to start with with men's basketball, and then we'll we'll go back a little bit. What was it about this challenge that made you want to do this? I've always I've always wanted to play in college. Really, um, I played travel uh, almost my whole high school career, just up until the point where I decided that I wanted to take on football. 
Um, but just through being on the uh, women's practice squad, just kind of getting into that schedule, going into practice and stuff like that, um, that got me rekindled my love for the game, I guess you could say. So uh, with, I guess, time winded down on the eligibility clock, um, I knew it wouldn't be easy, but if there was a shot, I wanted to try it. But if not, um, in the future, I do. I really do want to be a, a great basketball coach. So um, that's always down the road. But I figured, you know, while I so got it, I told the coaches if they needed me for practice, they could use me. And um, sure enough, an opportunity opened up and I was fortunate enough to be able to take it. You've got a uh, undergraduate degree from Valpo here in exercise science. You're getting your master's in sports administration. You actually started your athletic career at Alderson Brodus, I believe is how you pronounce it, right? Yep. In Ohio. Yep. Um, we'll circle back to basketball in a second, but some big news just came down about Alderson uh, Brodus a couple of weeks ago. They're shutting down the school. They're shutting down everything. I think it was like August 3rd they announced, and it was like just done. Do you still have teammates that were there? Do you still have what, what um, was that news like for you? A couple guys I knew just graduated, but I don't think um, any of the guys really on the team. But you know, any situation like that is kind of upsetting. I've seen a couple guys on Twitter and stuff looking for new homes and stuff. Uh, just hard with that. But um, yeah, it was a it was a good school out there. You could kind of see um, COVID kind of taking a taking a toll on that and whatnot. But uh, kind of upsetting for that luckily I didn't have any close buddies a lot of my close buddies are at other schools or they're uh, long graduated so luckily I didn't have any buddies that were really affected by that too hard you came in uh, to Alderson as a freshman wide receiver in 2019 you played a couple games you had six catches for 96 yards and then COVID hits you end up coming to Valpo no longer as a wide receiver right you moved to defense was that a was that a thought when you came to Valpo, you wanted to play defense. Did Valpo tell you you were playing defense? Yeah, uh, I was recruited out of high school as a defensive player. Um, uh, the thing, the funny thing about football is usually whatever the head coach side of the ball is, you might end up on that side of the ball if he likes you. Um, so they liked my receiver film out of high school. They put me at receiver um, because they said I had an opportunity to get on the field. Um, Obviously, I'm grateful that it worked out that I was able to play as a freshman. Um, then kind of because our head coach was an offensive guy there. So then moving to Valpo, Coach Fox, big defensive guy. Um, he had me really excited to get back on the defensive side of the ball. That's where I um, figured out I liked it better there. Um, hitting people instead of getting hit, you know. <laughs> so kind of all worked out there. But, yeah, just – I think in football, it's funny how sometimes the head, whichever side the head coach is on, offense or defense, a lot of times your athletes that you get that you recruit will end up there. And usually I would say about 80% of the time, it'll work out really good. Your first career game was against, uh, I think we call them the team down south. I don't think we say the name. Uh, exactly. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I want to be clear on that. Four tackles and an interception in your first game at Valpo. What was that like to come in and uh, in your first game get a pick? It was it was pretty. Uh, I was nervous. I was nervous to say the least because our senior captain Colin Sherman, great player, uh, my mentor, my big brother, um, he went down with an elbow injury, and it wasn't looking really good. And I remember getting in the huddle, and he comes up. They tell me, and they all come up to me they're like, "You're ready for this, man. Like we believe in you." And as soon as I heard that, it's just, you know, everything's thrown out the window, like it's game time, get ready to go. And, man, that interception was just really cool. I'll, I'll remember that for the rest of my life. And just cool, like, things we do, we get the dog tags whenever we beat the team down south. Um, so I still got mine up in my room at school. Um, it's got the score on it, a year and everything. So luckily I got three. I was fortunate enough to get three of those dog tags. So... You went on to have a, a pretty solid career at Valpo, right? I mean, you 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 played a ton as you're in your junior year, I suppose, 2021. And then your senior year, you played in all 12 games, 19 tackles, another interception, couple pass breakups, big game against Dayton. Uh, and then you were honored with the Koenig Award that goes for sportsmanship and character. What is it? You know, a lot of times we see these awards, like we get excited about MVP. We get excited about Rookie of the Year, like the on-field awards, like that, get, that gets a lot of praise. 
But then there's these other awards, sportsmanship character awards that kind of get overlooked a lot. What did that award mean to you? And and how just how do you how do you carry yourself out there? Yeah, me it means a lot to me, those sportsmanship awards. Um it just really uh, uh speaks on how well uh my parents raised me and my family raised me coming up. Uh my dad's huge on manners ever since um I was growing up. Things like I would just tell him thank you and you would tell me, you know, thank you for using your manners, stuff like that. Um, it's just little things, man, that goes a long way. So I take a lot of pride in just kind of doing the right thing. Um, I don't know. I believe in good karma. Uh, it's real things. So just those kind of awards, sportsmanship, all that stuff, uh, doing things the right way, it means a lot to me. So I take a lot of pride in that. Your father played football at Kent State. You got a couple of cousins who played basketball. Uh, or one bas- J- Jimmy played basketball at Heidelberg. Yep. Your other cousin, Dominic, played football at Baldwin-Wallace. You now get to do both. I First, I want to ask about women's basketball. What was that process like? You're done being an active football player, and now you want to join the practice squad. You, you got to go into Mary's office. Kind of what was that conversation like? Yeah, so I had a couple of buddies on the team. Um, they kind of got me into that. Uh, they knew I could play because um, – here and there over the summer, we would all get together and just, you know, I'm looking for wherever, wherever there's runs at, wherever people are playing basketball, I'm looking for, looking for that. Um, I'm hitting up my buddies right now back home to see what, see what they're up to, um, trying to get some games with them. But uh, yeah, they were able to get with their uh, grad assistant coach, get me into it. Uh, luckily, I was already in the system for athletics, so I didn't need to do any of that stuff. So it was nice and easy to switch. And then Right after the football season, I was able to join practice with them, which was a lot of fun. Um, just kind of being with them, it's it's a different game. One of the our strength coach, his uh, our strength coach VJ, his dad came up to me and he told him I was on the practice squad. And he said it was probably uh, probably harder because you don't want to foul him. I remember one of the first days um, they were Ava was coming off the screen. I gave her a bump and she just fell down and I was kind of like, Oh, my bad. <laughs> but, uh, after that, you know, he said, you got to move your feet. So you're not fouling them, bumping them around because you don't want to hurt them. That's the big thing. First and foremost is you're just a practice player. You're not doing anything. You don't want to hurt them. You just want to give them the best look that you can to make them the best that they can be. They've got a lot of the women's basketball team. I know we're a couple months out from the beginning of that season. They've got a lot of returners coming back. Is there is there a player out there that that was tough to go against that was giving you buckets a lot when you would when you would go, or did you shut everybody down? <laughs> there was a couple um a couple times. Uh, Liv can shoot it, man. Liv can shoot the ball. Um, the other Liv, she can drive it too. Like they, a couple times they give me a nice little bucket, and I'd be like, man. But uh, you know, most of the time I'd like to say I was. I was uh, beating up on him a little bit, but. <laughs> All right. Now let's shift over. You are, uh, you're good friends and roommates with Connor Barrett. Um, My man. I, you know, I want to ask about Connor from, from your perspective, right? So here's a, here's a situation where a bunch of guys leave and only a couple guys stay. What Connor, Darius, Drome, these guys have stuck with it. They've stayed what was kind of like your outsider insider outsider perspective of watching a guy like Connor go through a coaching change and then watching a guy like Darius yeah. go through a coaching change? I got, yeah, I have the utmost respect for those guys. Um, Connor, we're going to be, I know we're going to be best friends, you know, for the rest of our lives. Um, love that guy. Uh, Darius Jerome, like it is cool. Just kind of being here at Valpo, but not on the team. You know, I'd watch all their games last year and just kind of seeing them, go through that all their teammates friends um a lot of them left but seeing them go through that and just how accepting they are of coach powell and all the other guys even myself included they've done a great job of just kind of showing us the way around and and leading us darius is man he's great point guard great leader i'm very excited to see what he does and um i'm just Excited to see Connor. He's grow, already grown as a leader, um, stepping up into that senior role as a leader. And Jerome is just solid. I always tell him in practice, man, like you're a dog down low. And he's embracing that, and I'm ready for him to have a big year. So, the word on the street is that Connor Barrett has been shining in off-season workouts, right? That this guy is going to take a big step forward. And and look, I've been a big Connor guy since his freshman year. I thought he came in. He played with some fight. You want to talk about a, a dog, right? Like he, 
he 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 showed some kind of fu attitude out there that I think you need, especially in the valley. I think of some of the great kind of valley players. They've just been gritty, hard nosed guys that have dove on the floor and things like that. And uh, and obviously, I think uh, going through COVID and all that was hard for a lot of people. I'm excited to see Connor kind of come out on the other side of this. Um, you know, you you started working out with the team during the summer. Take me into that moment. Was there a phone call that said you're, you're a walk on? Was there, was there a bring you into the office? Kind of what was the, uh, how did you find out? This, yeah. Um, so kind of coach BJ, me and him were bonding with my uh, exercise science undergrad. I would talk to him about lifts and all that stuff. And he kind of got me into um, with uh, coach Bob uh, offered me a, job for assistant director of strength something like that it was a um internship position uh with the school and at the time just at that time um this walk-on spot opened up and i had been practicing with them that week so coach powell had pulled me aside one time and said hey like if you do good we might have a spot for you other than a student manager and i kind of figured what that was but um during the week i had been thinking about you know should I go for um, the strength position or should I stay as a walk-on? And, you know, talking with my parents and all that, uh, old coaches, I just thought, man, if I could put on a basketball jersey one more time, like how cool would that be? So that's kind of how it happened. Um, and so I went into one of the coaches' office and said, hey, I kind of want to give these guys um, an answer if I want to accept the position or not. And they had told me, yeah, we'll uh, take you on as a walk-on. But kind of, I guess, officially, it was. this is a good story, I guess, for me. So it was Friday practice, and we were doing a kind of a three-on-two drill, and whoever gets the rebound gets to keep the ball and stay on offense, and we keep track of rebounds. It's kind of a grid drill. And Coach Powell stopped the drill. Um, I, I was tied for most rebounds, and he's like, how many games of college basketball have you played? And I was like, zero. Um, so, but it's just that football in me, you know gritty get get yours um and so after that he kind of brought the team in was like I'm gonna take Anthony as a walk-on and you know everybody welcomed me and I was, it was a good moment for me so uh jersey number three Connor changes numbers Connor's, as to Connor's two. Old number did yeah. you, so is, did you do this for Connor you take the number or was it so they um my dad, everyone would ask me um if I was able to pick my number which one and I, I was like I would stay 21 for football but um, uh, Coach Q took me in the office and was like, hey, man, um, the only jersey number left is three if you want it. And, you know, I immediately thought, you know, that's Connor's number. So I was like, most definitely. And three is a great number, too. Um, so then I called my dad and told him that. He's like, hey, two plus one is three. So works out perfect, I guess. I want to ask you about number 21 because that was your number for a while. I mean, it is your number. And then this running back rolls in last year, Aaron Dawson. And he gets 21 and he ends oh, yeah. up, you know, setting, you know, coming close to setting school records uh, on that side is football. Is it just natural that, I mean, you're going to share numbers. Did you, did you have any, yeah. uh, any uh, debates in the locker room over who the real number 21 was? <laughs> Not much. I was really just happy that uh, Aaron's my dog. I love him. I texted him uh, recently this summer about um, what he's doing and everything. I know he's going to be successful in his football career. Um, but I was just happy. So we had a medium and a large and the large was a little baggy on me. So I'm happy Aaron wanted the large. So he let me have the medium. <laughs> so I was happy about that. But no, no, really, no real debates about who's real 21. Look, I think it's it's known a lot that if you're a walk on, you are, you know, you're you're essentially end of the bench guy. Right. Who's going to go through hell and practices and probably not get a lot of payoff in games that said Valpo's got a history of some guys that have gotten through Preston reading is a good example of a guy recently John Kaiser before him walk-ons have been able to go through do you put any expectations on yourself in terms of on the court production anything like that or are you are you walking into this saying just my role is to get these guys better day in and day out how do you how do you look at all of that yeah so I, the big thing with this is, um, and I've been learning every year, um, learning more and more. Um, I'm really just focusing on 
my game, but it's not just my game. It's my game in order to make them better. Now, if opportunity comes where um, I'm good enough, like I know, I know I can compete with, in my mind, I can compete with anybody that there is. Um, but just kind of being able to focus on my game and to, to the point where I can be good enough to make the guys around me better and better every day. It's just, it just affects everyone. And just kind of, it's that championship mentality and coach Powell does a great job for it. It's every day we come in and we don't say that we want to win a championship, but we, we know it in the back of our minds. We just take it day by day. Um, every practice this summer, we would come in. Darius did a great job. Um, every huddle after stretch, when we huddle up before we really get going, he does a great job of saying what we need to hear for that day, for this practice. And um, it's just a great message for us. So that's kind of what I'm doing with my own game and kind of the approach I'm taking is just kind of focusing on the little things in order to get to the big things, which is a championship. You mentioned at the top of this that the idea is you want to become a, a great basketball coach down the line. As are, Have you hung up the shoulder pads and, and the whistle for football? You're done with that? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, I, I think so. I just – I like basketball more so. Um, still love football. I'm so excited for this season. Just watched NFL Top 100. I'm really invested in this football season. But just overall, I don't know, just the fluidity, you just, I don't know, basketball, I, th I feel like it's like poetry in motion, you know. It's just cool stuff. And learning under Coach Powell and all the, this whole coaching staff, um, it's just real cool, and I'm really enjoying it. Let's talk about the Valpo football team for a second, if we can. I'm in the midst of doing these position-by-position -position breakdowns at the Victory Bell. Uh, it's been a lot of fun going out to practice. We, we were at practice together for a little bit. Uh, this is before I knew that you were a walk-on on the team. Yeah. I, it was great. Um, what I, You know, the this time of the year, they're two weeks in. The defense is always ahead of the offense this time of the year, but I think the defense is going to be really, really good. they got a ton of guys back. Um the little bit that you've seen when you've been out there, and obviously I'm sure you hear from the guys, just what uh, what has you excited about the Beacons this year for football? Yeah, I'm hearing great things. You know, from popping into Fox's office over the weekend, he's been telling me they're looking pretty good. Um, but, yeah, being out there at practice, it's just – it's funny because when I'm when I'm in there and stuff, I see the guys walking, and I really don't even know half the guys that are there with uh, all the transfers and new freshmen and stuff. But um, just – being in contact with them, you know, I was checking in on all of them a lot, seeing them going, going in the trainer's room because, you know, camp's a tough time and they're, they're still getting through it. So, um, but yeah, being at practice is just kind of a different energy. I, and I was liking it a lot. I was telling uh, Carter Woody was getting on the alignment hard. And I was like, that's good. Like you guys got to listen to him. And they, they were listening to him, but uh, yeah, it's, I'm super excited for Valpo football this year. I think they're going to prove a lot of people wrong. I'm hoping they will. Well, if there's any question as to the level of respect that you've earned there, when we were standing on the sideline and practice ended, they're walking off the field and every all these guys are yelling your name and they were super jacked to see you. It was kind of funny. You could just tell like uh, the respect that you'd earned. And and obviously uh, uh, you'll see that on, on the basketball court as well. I guess I want to end with this. What does success look like for you and for the Valpo men's basketball team this season? Man, that's a good question. Uh, Projected last in the NBC, so I'm sure. I'm know. sure when yeah. when when the voting comes down, I would be shocked if Valpo is projected anywhere but last. Right? I mean, yeah. it's a whole new team. Um, it, yeah. How do you how do you how do you take that? We all yeah, we all know that. Um, man, I don't even know. We're we're coming to dominate. Really, that's that's the mindset. Um, no looking back. We're, we're coming to dominate. But uh, in terms of success. Um, we all, we talk about it a lot. We just, we want to, we want to know that everything we've done has been enough to try to win a championship. At, at the end of the season, if we win a championship or not, we want to be able to say like, man, we gave it our all and that's, that's what it is. And if we don't win a championship, then we're going to turn, they're going to turn it around. We're going to turn it around and try it again the next year. So. Very good. Anthony Sharoni, thank you so much for joining. Uh, can't wait. Can't wait to follow. I'm, I'm Jack for football as well. Uh, 
my Green Bay Packers, your Pittsburgh Steelers, right? Uh, We've got uh, both young quarterbacks on the roster. Should be fun, but uh, I know basketball's a ways away, but we're looking forward to it. Thank you so much again. Yeah, really appreciate you having me. Thrilled to have Valparaiso assistant coach Matt Gordon here. Uh, Matt, you are the schedule maker, right? This is one of the many one of the many job requirements that's been handed on down. Uh, first of all, thank you for being on the Victory Bell the podcast your first time. Uh, how are things going? Things are going great. Uh, excited. Uh, glad to get this schedule done. I've I've been doing scheduling for for a while now, um, especially here in the Missouri Valley. So uh, glad to get it get it done, get it finished. Get uh, I know there's teams that are still out there scrambling for games. I know how hard it is uh, to get get games and get your everything finished and finalized and get it out for the fans to see. You have uh, scheduled at Loyola. You've scheduled here, probably other places as well. But like, wh- what were similarities or differences that you saw in some of the challenges that Valpo has compared to some other spots you've been? Um, nothing really different in terms of uh, what the challenges are. I mean, the, the challenges in scheduling are, are always the same. Everybody's fighting to get home games as many as you can possibly get. You're uh, you're fighting to get the you know a good schedule for your teams in terms of the least amount of tr- you know crazy travel situations and putting them in a in a good positions there and uh, you know it's it's a lot of the the same stuff you're always you're always fighting with with scheduling um, it's a it's always a challenge but you're you're just trying to put yourself your guys in the best position possible. You know I I'd, I'd actually reached out to former Valpo associate head coach Luke Gore earlier today and so the schedule's out. But I'm not doing the podcast with you. I've done maybe seven of these with him, and uh, he's, I said I'm passing the torch, and, and he's passing it. So, so kind of the idea is to go game by game and just kind of ask how they showed up on the schedule, kind of what you're excited about in this situation. And you have an exhibition game, a, a school that I've never actually heard of before, St. Mary of the Woods. How does a, a school like that kind of show up? Yeah, we um, we were just trying to. I mean, when you're getting uh, you know exhibition games, you're you're basically looking to to just get your team prepared it's kind of your first you know time for your players to get out in front of fans and stuff like that um their uh their coach had a had a relationship with quentin garrison our uh our, our, our director of operations and uh he kind of presented hey these guys are looking for a game and you're looking for dates at that point that's usually for me always kind of the last game to get scheduled uh, just because at that you're you want to get your main schedule done and that was just kind of uh the last one we could kind of finish and, and get going they had a date that was open and it worked and we uh kind of went with it Trinity Christian is the season opener. It's, uh, it feels like it gets earlier and earlier every year. The first the season opener, this is November 6th, a Monday night. Trinity Christian, no strangers to Valpo. Jason Hawkins, the head coach there, has played here. He's been an assistant coach here. Um, this is a relationship that, you know, kind of predates you being here, but, but was it easy to get Trinity Christian on the schedule? Why the season opener? Yeah, same thing. Uh, Jason, uh, there's a, there was a relationship there and you want to obviously take care of, you know, whether it's players, co- former players and coaches and stuff like that, you want to continue to build those relationships. It was somebody that, you know, the school is familiar with and, uh, and I, and I knew they, you know, they, they knew Jason through all, all that and he was, he's been a great partner to work with, um, with that and, um, it just kind of fit with our schedule. Again, that's the, the, the game that you play that's a non-D1. A lot of time that kind of gets one of the, gets to be one of the last games possible because you want to leave a lot of flexibility you know for if good games come available to you um so that ended up being the the last date this the opener is always a difficult game to uh to get teams to agree to to play on so um that's what was open for us after the rest of our schedule kind of laid out um and jason was available to play us and I would imagine the home opener, I mean, the, the opener, you almost always want to start at home if you can. It feels like you have a young team this year, maybe a non-D1 in the first game and the lights are bright. Is the best way to ease into the schedule? A little bit, yeah. I mean, we the, the, the goal always, um, you know, it, there, there's a couple goals in scheduling. One of them is you, and the, probably the most overarching theme, the most important thing is to prepare yourself for conference play. Um, our whole staff, we know how good the Missouri Valley Conference is, so I think we got a good mix of challenges um, throughout throughout the, the you know the course of the schedule. Um, so I think this schedule absolutely prepares us for that. Um, but then you also want to fight to get you know as many home games as possible. And uh, and I thought you know getting uh, getting one of those guys in there early, and we we built up with a couple home games uh, to lead off to try to get ourselves off in a you know a good start. November 10th, uh, Friday night, I think, is IUPUI. This is a team that Valpo used to be in the conference with in the Mid-Continent Conference and Summit League, and now IUPUI is in the Horizon League. Valpo will, will take them on. 
is this a one-off? Is this the first? Is this a home and home? Will you go to Indy? Is that yet to be determined? Kind of thoughts on on adding this game to the schedule? Um, as of right now, this is just a buy game. This is a one-off game. Um, but we're you know we'll we'll talk it. I've I've known Matt Crenshaw for a long time as well. Um, great guy. We'll we'll um, it's a it's a game that kind of makes sense in terms of location and being here in, in India, Indiana. You know, going to Indianapolis. Uh, maybe maybe that's something that works out down the road. So we'll uh, we'll definitely kind of to see if that's something that we can build upon. But it's uh, as, a, as far as the contract that this year goes, it's just a one-off game. And Matt Crenshaw was the point guard of the IUPUI team in 2003 uh, when they knocked off Valpo in the Midcon title game and sent Ron Hunter to the championship game. And I don't think Matt Crenshaw has a lot of fans in the arc just because he was so good in that game, dominant in that game. So it's a return of an old foe. Another return of an old foe is Green Bay, getting Green Bay back on the schedule, both a Horizon League rival back in the day. Roger had plenty of good coaching games against them. And they also have a point guard on their team named Preston Reedinger who played here the last couple of years. Obviously, new coaching staff, new system. So it's not like he's going to know trade secrets or anything like that. Um, but, uh, again, three straight home games to start, getting Green Bay on there, a first-year coach taking over that program. There are a lot of similarities between the two programs. Yeah, absolutely. We're I, I As I was talking uh, to Roger, that game was actually scheduled before we had gotten yeah. here, but I thought that was a, it was a good game in terms of, you know, it's – it's two coaches that are uh, kind of in their first crack at the head coaching, uh, so that's that's a that's a good way to build it. Plus, it's a it's a familiar foe for fans and stuff like that to get another Horizon League uh, team in here. Um, so hopefully, I, I know there were some great battles between Valpo and Green Bay in the past, and um, hopefully we can uh, get the guys motivated, you know, with some of those highlights from that. And given that I'm from Wisconsin and would always love a reason to go back home. Is that a return trip or is that a one-off? That's trip? just a one-off okay. game uh, for this year as well. So in MTE, there was rumor of a Fort Myers thing that I think was kind of off the books even before you guys got here. Uh, obviously, the, every, every team gets an MTE or two, it seems, nowadays. Uh, this one just kind of seems to make sense. Yeah. Roger um, Powell going back to Illinois. Yeah, I think uh, I think for all the obvious storylines there, um, it, it works out great. Um, you know, I, I've been doing MTEs for a long time too, and, and they, it's always tricky about what fits best. Um, where do you travel to go see them? Uh, do you, you know, at the end or at the beginning, you're always trying to get home games out of the MTE as well. You know, you'd like to go to a location, but, um, you know, MTEs have kind of gone in different directions. And, uh, this one that was a somewhat of a newer concept, um, where Illinois is going to get three home games. We're going to get, you know, two home games and go on the road once and then, you know, kind of, goes throughout the list uh, with the other two teams as well but it was a good MTE that I thought um, it was you know good travel for us we, you know we're going to drive the champagne and there's obviously an awesome um, you know opportunity for to get to get Roger back to champagne um, and get a great game against a you know a, one of the top teams of the Big Ten um, you know we I can't remember the last time Valpo's gotten a chance to play Illinois you probably know that better 2017 than I. NIT at mm-hmm. Illinois um Matt Loddick's first year as a head coach. There you well, go. They made the NIT yeah. as an at-large. Alec Peters was hurt, out for the year, and uh, and yeah, go to Illinois. And that game was really kind of over before it started. But yeah, and they had uh, it was interesting in that situation. I think uh, uh, Illinois' head coach had just got let go. Gross, I think he just got let go, and they uh, Jamal Walker, I think, was the interim, and he is now at Grand Canyon. Yeah, uh, and and that was an interesting game. Um, so two other games that are part of this are home games during Thanksgiving week, the Tuesday of Thanksgiving and the Saturday of Thanksgiving. Western Illinois, Valpo's oldest rival uh, in terms of the Midcontinent Conference, is uh, is coming back to the Arc on November 21st, and then on the 25th, uh, hosting Southern. That school only. Uh, has connection to Valpo in that Micah Bradford, who once played at Valpo, transferred to Southern, was there for a year or two. Um, other than that, not a lot of connection. The one thing you don't get, Matt, with the MTE this year is the ability to play games on multiple days, like back-to-back, mm-hmm. like which is a good replication for the Valley Tournament. Yep. How do you... How do you try to replicate that at any point, knowing that 
you know, you'll have to win at least three games in three days to, to get where you want to get to. Yeah, that's definitely a, a trade-off um, in this situation. We we like the we like the, the travel to Champaign, uh, obviously a great game there, and you love the home games uh, that you get out of it. So um, you do trade-off. You do like to get, get the guys a little bit of preparation of playing back-to-backs, but we'll uh, we'll be able to prep them, you know, throughout uh, throughout the season, whether it's practices and stuff like that. We'll just have to make up for that a little bit in that in that sector. And then uh, December 6th, you get a game, uh, well, actually, between the Southern and the Central Michigan game, you'll have two Valley games, one home, one away, I would imagine. That schedule will come out, uh, you know, in the next couple weeks or so as the Valley works through their ESPN contracts. Uh, Then you get a game at Central Michigan. I've always thought the MAC just makes sense. Valpo's played Toledo in the past. First of all, I I still want to ask about Toledo. There had been the last four years they played. Was that contract up? Were there discussions there? Was that... Just kind of went away at that yeah, point. Yeah, that uh, that was the end. Of the when they played last year, you played them. That was the end of that contract. Okay. Um, uh, that series, um, so that one was up, and um, it's uh, definitely something we're looking to potentially revisit um, here in the future. Um, I, I agree with you. I think Mac schools are, you know, it's, the Mac's a, a good, strong conference, and uh, and it's got good locations where you know you can make a nice bus trips. You know, whether it's you know a Central Michigan or a Western Michigan or something like that. Um, those are good, good matchups for us. And uh, Central Michigan had some open dates, um, especially the, that December six was something we were looking for, kind of late. Um, that was kind of one of the last uh, games to get uh, locked into the schedule as well. So yeah, this was a surprise to me when I, I thought I'd known. Most of the games that you had, and this one was a surprise. I didn't know this. Uh, who tells Ola that you're playing something? <laughs> was how how was that news broken to him? No, I, I don't think Ola will have any any issues there. He'll he'd, he'd love to go back to uh, back to Kalamazoo and, uh, and and get a win. So he's uh, no, he's he's ready to play. And scheduling is just it's so hard. I know we're. We're always finding the the storylines and stuff, but sometimes it's like, hey, what locations? What you know? What teams have have dates that work? And let's uh, let's make a, make the best of it. I want to ask this question: and when you're a mid major like Valpo, it's like uh, the pride kicks in a little bit when people talk about buy games. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of programs like to maybe be on the side of buying people and not having to get bought. I know the Valley has sometimes kind of said, you know, we don't really like getting bought because we want to be able to to win every game and not necessarily have an understood five on eight. Not that that happens, but in bye games, it seems to be that way. You do have a bye game on the schedule going to Virginia Tech. I know that the money is probably not able to be disclosed, but I do know it's a bye game. Um, when, when you realize, okay, we got an opportunity here to, to improve our program a little bit and give our student-athletes a good experience at a Power 5 school, what kind of programs are you looking for to add? How difficult is it or easy is it to find a willing partner in this? Um, it's it, being a Missouri Valley school. It's not always easy to get those games. Um, I, I learned that, you know, definitely at, at Loyola. Um, it was, it's hard to get those games because they, you know, they they want to, you know, they don't want to buy teams that could potentially beat them. Yeah. Um, so it's it's not easy to get the buy games. Um, I think it's important. Um, it, it can be multifaceted. One is, you know, the the money does help you, and you can use the money in different ways. Whether it's you know buying a game back, you know, for yourself, and uh, that's that's one way you can kind of use that. Um, it also can help you with some travel and some different situations there. So some of that does help, but the the high majors um, they do very very they are very unwilling to play you home and home to get you, or sometimes it's even hard to get them on a neutral court. Or so two for one is even difficult, too. Two for ones are difficult these days. So it's, you know, you, you want to give your guys a chance, A, to help prepare them for, you know, conference play. And uh, a game against Virginia Tech will help them prepare that. They're a, they're a, a veteran, you know, well-coached team. Um, you want to prepare them for that. And you just want to give them a great experience. You know, we, you know, you know to when we were at Loyola in 2018, you know, we went into fifth-ranked Florida and, and got them that year, and it's a game that, you know, our, our, our players remember for the rest of their lives. And so to get a chance to go in there, you want to, you know, go into and tell your team, like, hey, listen, we're not dodging anybody. We're not softening up the schedule. We want to play good teams, and this is the way that, you know, that they're going to play you. So you gotta you got to take however you can get them and, you know, challenge your guys. I knew you were going to Virginia Tech. I knew you were going to Elon. Part of me thought that you guys would have that on the same trip and try to cut down a little bit there. Uh, was that a goal going in? Was it just the dates are the dates and that's what you got? You know, once I, we got, because, um, I mean, it was when we got here, it was basically like, hey, 
what dates do you have? That, that's your first, you know, when you're because Elon was a was a series that was that had to get wrapped up. So I basically would go into them like, hey, what dates do you already have available? Because they had already been working on their schedule for you know, sir, you know, before the before we even got here. So they had limited dates available. So playing that game over Christmas to when you know it's not too much uh, of a problem get getting there in terms of travel, getting them back and forth. That that worked out well. Um, yeah, it'd be great if we can if you can piggyback games, but this allowed us to we thought we think to miss the least amount of class time, which we also think is very important. Yeah, Elon game will be during Christmas break that wraps up the non-conference schedule on December 29th. You got two home games in there, which I think are right after finals: uh, home against Chicago State, home against Samford. Two games last year that Valpo played on the road. Um, I think Samford was part of a tournament. Uh, neither one of them went very well. They were two games down 25 at half in both of those games. Um, I imagine at least three of the guys on the team are going to have some revenge on their mind in this one. But, uh, again, you've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven home games in the non-conference um, you're going to get a lot of opportunity to put your product in front of Apple fans. That's got to be exciting, right? I think that was one of the uh, the main goals. Obviously, the you know getting the, the team prepared for conference play and challenge them, but also you know getting our fans a chance to to see our guys. You want to you want to build as many home games in your schedule as possible. And um, I we like the number seven. Seven's a really good uh, number for non-conference uh, to play at home. And you've I imagine you had to get started on this late. Are you already looking? Next year, you already have. Uh, as I imagine, the the more you can get done ahead of time, the better you'll feel. I mean, I I personally love getting it done uh, as much as far as advanced as possible. But you know, everything in in college basketball starts to get pushed back, and uh, you can probably trace it back to the transfer portal. You don't know what rosters are going to look like, you know, until the you know teams get their their rosters finalized later and later into the year. So we would like to get a I would like to get a handful of games done. You know, earlier I've already been talking can do a couple teams i'd really like to figure out what our what direction we're going to go with our mte for next year as soon as you kind of get those in place then you can start building your schedule around it um, well if i can suggest a direction for your mtv south mm-hmm. and warm uh would be uh would be a great uh, would be a great place to yeah, go so that's that's always a good uh a good uh, uh area to hit if you can uh, if you can do it at any time so i agree very good. Matt Gordon, thank you so much for the first uh, trip to the podcast. We loved it, and thanks for the schedule. It's oh, fantastic. I hope, hope to be back on the podcast. Thank you.